Welcome to the PR Moment podcast. Produced in association with the Marketeers Network. This week in the latest PR Moment podcast, we've got a change from the normal format. In anticipation of the PR Moment Awards 2020, I thought it'd be interesting to hear from some of the winners from the PR Moment Awards 2019. So today, I'm talking to a man I've longed to get on the show for quite a while, Pete Mount-Stevens, who's CCO and Managing Partner at Taylor Herring. Hello. Pete, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Ben. Uh, now, Pete, we're going to be talking about washing machines today, um, and specifically um, Samsung's Spin Cycle um, campaign that you did for the launch of their Quick Drive uh, washing machine that won the Integrated Communications Campaign of the Year, as I say, at the 2019 PR Moment Awards. Uh, yeah, I believe we are. Um, and... Um yeah, it was a while ago now, but happy to revisit. I think. Well, I'm hoping you'll remember a bit about it, otherwise <laughs> it could be a fairly short show. Um, now, just to, for those of you who are not aware, and if you are a regular listener to the show, this has been drummed into you a little bit, but uh, the early bird entry deadline for the Pyramid Award 2020 is the 13th of December, uh, and all the categories and all the judges and all the information you may require uh, are on the awards micro site. Um, finally, as ever, I should just thank our Pyramid podcast sponsors the PRCA. Now Pete go on just tell us um, in in broad brush terms tell us about the uh, Samsung quick drive campaign. Sure Uh, well our brief essentially was to launch uh, this new washing machine the Samsung quick drive which was a a pretty impressive piece of kit and as the name suggests it was Samsung's fastest washing machine on the market it came with a fastest in what in terms of spin speed in in terms of speed and wash cycles brilliant super evolved but also came with a whole load of uh, other sort of smart different elements in terms of water saving devices it had a, a device called ad wash on the front which is a little drawer where you can add your socks you've forgotten to the watch mid-cycle so since, was, since you told me that mm. in this pre-show chat which I, <laughs> was a little while ago now mm. wasn't it i have i have i had definitely uh, on at least two occasions found a sock <laughs> post closing that door um, and I've thought about your washing machine. There you go. Um, there you go. That might account for uh, some of the success of, of this campaign. But I, I mean, I wish now I'd, I'd done a little quiz to test you on the on the on the product <laughs> elements of this washing machine. I mean, how 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 quick is the machine? I mean, what is the quickest cycle? Oh man! Uh, now you now you got me. I think I it was around about. Edit that it, out, you know, you might have to edit that because I think it's about forty-four minutes. But uh-huh. you can do you can do a third, you can do a quicker cycle, but it won't wash your clothes as well. And then, <laughs> so you're not comparing eggs with eggs. Um, but uh, look, this was this was a premium product, okay. without a doubt. In, term, in terms of uh, how much did it go for? How much one of these? Over a thousand pounds. Brilliant. So okay. we're talking to a you know an affluent ABC One audience here. But but on the face of it, and I know we're, we're sort of. Having read a bunch about it, but a washing machine is what it tends to be a panic purchase, it does. Um, because your previous washing machine is broken. Um, and it's you know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be unkind here, Pete, but <laughs> it tends to be a bit of a boring purchase, doesn't it? So, that the brief presumably was to put the put the fun, put the passion into washing machines. Well, was it? Uh, there, there, well, there's no other way to approach it, really, is it? Mm. I mean, you're right, I think the creative. The creative challenge was to cut for the apathy and disinterest that we have around domestic appliances in general um, uh, and washing machines in in particular. Because you're right, we don't think about buying a new washing machine uh, unless our uh, current model breaks down. Uh, And then when we do, we probably, you know, you probably got a better idea of how to spend uh, a grand or a grand plus than going down there sort of carries and buying a a new washing machine. Mm. So 
a lot of apathy, a lot of disinterest. It's associated with <laughs> functional domestic drudgery. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, I guess our, our core challenge was trying to create a need and a want for this product outside of that stress purchase cycle. And I think um, that was our starting point, really. And, and who was going to buy it? I mean, I mean, like, Obviously, you, you hope everyone, but what, what was the sort of target audience? Oh, 35 plus affluent Southeast, right. ABC One. Um, pretty, so, pretty, so you pretty had that target market in mind. Absolutely. Um, and, and you devised a campaign to, an integrated campaign to target them. We did. I think in the in the initial briefing, uh, it was mentioned, you know, we want this washing machine to be famous. We want people to be talking about it at dinner parties. We want it to be culturally famous. So that, that was the challenge. So as you as you uh, sort of teed up this question, so where's the fun? That was that was our starting point, really, is how do how do we make a washing machine entertaining? That was that was the question we asked ourselves at the outset. Uh, and, and the serious point of it is presumably, yes, you want to do that, but you also want to sell more washing machines. Of course. Because there's two elements of this, isn't there? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, you you need to make it fun and talked about, but you also need to shift a bit of product, presumably. Absolutely. So the, so the creative solution to this had to showcase uh, the USPs of the product right. uh, and had to get that messaging across so that, the, you know, the core the core deliverables on this campaign were to ensure that people knew this was the fastest Samsung washing machine um, and they knew it had this incredible innovative design. And so whatever, whatever uh, ideas we came back with, uh, that messaging had to be encased in the creative. So go on then. What did you do? Uh, so, so what we did is we we asked ourselves, how do you make a washing machine entertaining? And we racked our brains I mean, on this. Easy. And no, well, it's, you know, we put together our mood board of thoughts, and there was some stuff on there that that gave us our creative way in. There was a, ranging from a Pingu episode, would you believe, where where people my age might remember Pingu. It's an old penguin. Um, uh, animation show where Pingu spent an awful long time actually watching uh, the washing um, and then we dug, in, dug into that a bit deeper and we found out that watching wash cycles um, was a bit of a thing so if you go onto YouTube you will find uh, tens if not hundreds of people have uploaded full wash cycles from different makers and brands uh, to YouTube and some of these uh, some of these videos uh, I don't know who's watching them but got thousands of views so there's something in that we thought and something in the hypnotic nature of um, the washing cycle so that that kind of gave us our creative way in where we thought well let's focus on the performance of this machine we've got the best machine on the market but when you say performance you, you don't mean you don't actually mean washing performance, do you? I do. You, you, you do. I, you, I mean I the spin of the, the drum. Exactly. You meant the visual performance. <laughs> yeah. No. Exactly. I mean, I mean the actual visual performance is a work of art. So the spin <laughs> of the drum against the back plate, the washing going round. Right. Um, that that was the performance we were thinking of. And we'll, uh, we'll put the video of the cycle on on the post when we put this this podcast up, so people can see it in all its glory. That's a good idea. Um, yeah, prepare to be hypnotised. Um, but the key point was you, you just when did you decide to put it to music what was what was just talk me through that um yeah you, you have a visual uh, and then you thought okay well we got to what was well, the connection between that were, and music and then deciding to put the specific score on Well, there were two, two parts of the campaign. The, the, the first part was uh, there were two sort of landmark um, pieces of content we created around this campaign that gave it the sort of width to span uh, one to three months. And the first one was um, a TV spot, which is a three and a half minute um, TV spot, which actually bookended, took over the whole ad break. 
um, uh, during Gogglebox, and that was nothing uh, more than a close-up of uh, of a wash cycle uh, with some of our subtitled text over the top. Um, so we put that to music first, um, uh, and it had to have music. It had to have music to carry it along and sustain the interest. Three and yeah. a half minutes of a wash cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it a bit awkward. awkward. It, it does get a bit awkward. And then there was the film that followed that. So we followed a three and a half minute ad break with a 66 minute film of a family <laughs> cotton wash um, in all its glory. Now that's a long time to watch a wash cycle. So uh, we, we felt it needed a soundtrack and, and, and though, thus we approached Michael Nyman, um, arguably Britain's greatest living composer, but also associated with minimal scores. Um, and, and that's what this was really. He was interested, we knew from our research he was interested in sort of mechanical processes um, and, 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 and this sort of minimal kind of um, motifs that he writes would have been perfect for this. So we spent a long time chasing him because um, he was integral to our story. And, and to be perfectly honest, gave us a sort of top spin and the sort of art veneer that the campaign needed. But he wasn't up for it straight away. He wasn't, no. We spent quite a long time um, chasing him down. He lives in, he lives in Milan. Uh, he doesn't need to... Didn't need the work. Um, <laughs> uh, we thought he would tell us where to go when we... When probably, we... <laughs> probably wasn't what he had in mind as a career-defining moment. <laughs> well, exactly. I mean, you know, he's most famous for the piano, uh, which was Oscar-nominated and um, still plays out, sell-out concerts all around the world. So, um, I mean, I, I guess we hope to tickle his funny bone with uh, with yeah. our approach. Um, and he, ex- he expressed an interest, uh, and then we spent a long time courting him. Now... He, he initially expressed an interest and then uh, said he couldn't do it because it was just too much music. It was 66 minutes of original music. Uh, so we spent the best part of a month working out how we could try and tempt him uh, to come back into the fold. Uh, and we, we eventually did it by just working out that actually we could loop his music. And, and we looked at the cycles of the wash. This was all very technical oh, then. See, right. And worked out they had to compose sort of three different um, motifs for three different cycles and we could loop it from there when on When you say in. cycles, you mean the stages? So, I Incorrect. Mean, like a fast yeah. spin versus a... A, 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 a slower Absolutely. spin and I don't know what else that's, okay, right. that's what it was so that made the ask much easier so sort of 20 minutes or, or maybe I less think, I, I think know, he did but... 22 minutes or something oh, of okay. uh, original music um, which made it much easier for him and he was up for that he, he was up for that. Uh, so we bought, we sent him a, uh, a video of 66-minute wash so he could compose to it. Um, and then he came over and we had the most uh, bonkers day ever, really. We're in a, a sound stage in North London with a big grand piano there, Michael Nyman and his entourage. Um, uh, and our washing machine, uh, front and centre, in front of his grand piano. And Michael Nyman came in, sat down on his chair and, uh, and, and started playing the different motifs. And it was, uh, it was amazing. Brilliant. And, and I mean, well, for, I suppose, first of all, actually, from a coverage and output perspective, it did well, right? I mean, it, the thing flew. Ah, well, I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, the coverage span over over two to three months for this campaign. Um, it started with the, with the with the TV spot, which got a, we pre-promoted that TV spot. We we courted journalists, we every consumer journalist. We went to have coffee with them. We told them that we were taking over the ad break with a with nothing more than a, a three and a half minute um, close up of a family wash. Um, that piqued I, people's I mean, interest. How, how does that work from from a journalist? And we all mm. you know, we all like to think. I mean, I, I don't really count myself as journalist, but just for for a moment, let's let's put ourselves into that mindset. How do you sit down? And discuss a ring up a journalist. And say, I'd, like to, I'd like to have a meeting with you about a new washing machine. I mean, it's quite a specific <laughs> um, 
Well, it thing, is, isn't it? It is, but, but the washing machine wouldn't, wouldn't have been mentioned in any of those right. intro calls. Um, it was far. We were playing far more on the disruptive nature of the media buy and right. the content than than the product. So you're at playing stage. on the humour to get the journalist's interest. A- absolutely, right. and this was this was one of those weird kind of campaigns where some people. Obviously, we uh, the, the some film people act- take offence. Well, <laughs> no, some some people wondered, is this art? Is this you know? Okay. Some people came to the film and they wondered why some people some people were leaving at our premiere, and I was like, they're leaving because it's because it's a wash, a film about a sixty six minute. Wash. So, so the premiere, mm. and I I've seen a bit of this on online, but just just mm. for the benefit of people who haven't seen it. You you invited people to a a film premiere. We did. Uh, and what it I mean you need to recall it parrot fashion. But what, yeah. what roughly did it say on that on that invite? Uh, um, you, you, it, it, we played it pretty straight. I right. mean, that, I mean that. that so, this, so did they know they were? Coming you are to, invited to, to the world premiere of Spin Cycle. Right. Uh, Sixty six minute family watch. But, but there must have been people who thought that there must be. To this and sitting there watching a washing machine, there, or maybe not. I don't there, know. There were some people in that audience that sat all the way through it and <laughs> diligently watched this as an art house movie, and and you know, fair play to them. Yeah. I mean, I thought, and lots of people also walked out after ten minutes. And I, I think there was some very nice music going on during this. There was, yeah. uh, although albeit on a loop, yeah. uh, which could be slightly repetitive. But I think, um, I think. What I what we liked about this campaign and telling Taylor Herring is you could take it either way. Obviously, we had our tongue in our cheek when yeah. we were devising this campaign, but Michael Nyman played it straight, which is what we needed yeah. uh, to hit those broadsheets and, and arts press. Um, and you know, and that's how we, we ended up getting the end finally on Newsnight around this. We ended up I had the Wall Street Journal interviewing me for a front page piece on slowvertising. Every national newspaper, I think, covered this story, if uh, not twice, then three times really? over the course of three months. Uh, broadly, what was the what was the tone of the coverage? Was it, you know, a light-hearted piece, and this makes us laugh, in essence, or or, or was there a bit? W- was it playing on the musical bit, or was it the? Isn't this interesting as a a, a, a sphere of 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 marketing content, or was yeah. it all the above? Well, all of all of the above. I mean, some of the international press just didn't get the joke at all. Which kind of made it better, I suppose. Which, well, yeah, kind of made it better. The I mean, perception of the German press wouldn't get it, the American <laughs> press wouldn't get it, I don't know. Is no, that, is that... some people just, just didn't get it. Most okay. people did. It's, um, they, it, it was made for those sort of pun-style headlines. Did anyone get angry about it? Is it, is it I mean, that's kind of... The, Someone it, got it, angry it, about it in the Wall Street Journal because right. they were talking, they were using it as a piece of uh, the rise of slowvertising. Now, of course, the whole... I probably should say it's the, the whole creative and ideas inspired by slow TV and yeah. the Andy Warhol's films of a locked off shot of the Empire State Building that lasted sort of six hours and nothing happens, you know. So there's a there's a there's an oeuvre, there's a body of work we're paying into here, which um, which people can relate to. Um, uh, only we went and we were playing it as serious as those guys were, but clearly there was there was some fun behind this. No, the Wall Street Journal uh, they had someone in there saying it was, it was it was terrible. The whole the whole idea was terrible. It wouldn't sell any more washing machines, and no one would go to the cinema to watch this film. And I was like, well, you've kind of missed the point because we didn't make this film to play out in Curzon cinemas uh, no. over the next couple of weeks and have queues around the block. We made the film and the TV spot. Um, they were calibrated, so more people would read about this than would ever see the content. That was the idea. So this was an earned first idea. It wasn't about, oh, those guys bought a bought a TV ad. You know, this is a, this is an ad campaign. Um, that TV ad, um, although it 
it, it had a high profile placing. Far more people read about that TV ad and, and viewed it online and actually viewed it live when it was on TV. Yeah. Um, so the earned story was at the heart of this. And then when we announced the movie <coughs> after the TV ad and they seeged into each other, the same again. I mean, I think we're talking only a few thousand people online, people that like those uh, spin cycles have watched the movie. But in terms of the reach, it was it was a, around the world. Okay. And just bearing in mind the, that integration point that, that we're, we're, it's quite interesting to, to work out where PR is on that particular journey right now. You obviously had the idea creation. Mm-hmm. You created the film and you created the ad, Taylor Herring. We did. did. We did all we, of the above. We, yeah, we did all of that. Um, so it's a real challenge for us. I mean, we had, we'd never made a, uh, a TV spot before. And I think... I mean, what did you do? I mean, you, you ring up a mate and say, mate, how do we do this? What, how does well, it work? Well, made, we've made lots of video content yeah, before. Yeah, exactly. exactly. There, there's, there's, there's not quite a specific format or not, I don't know. There are, there are different formats and there are different different sort of um, different rules in terms of, the, uh, in terms of the official bodies and sign-offs and stuff like that. But, I mean, the whole process was a pretty steep learning curve for us. But in terms of the creative and bringing this to life, um, that, was, that was well within our skill set in yeah, terms yeah. of how we're doing. Not yeah. without its challenges, but well within our skill set and something that, um, that we did in-house with, uh, with St. Mark Studios, our, our production arm at uh, Taylor Herring. So did you sell more washing machines? Or did Samsung we, sell <laughs> washing machines? We they sold loads more washing machines then, right. yeah. Which was uh, which was the be- you know the beauty of this because it kind of existed in a bit of a vacuum. So there was nowhere to hide on this campaign. Uh, the right, money went into this campaign. So you were the only you were the only campaign. The for marketing solver, correct. Right. Apart from the stuff in store, <coughs> it was it was all it was all us. So. And, I, and I'm envisaging that, that frankly. Samsung spend a bit more on a TV launch than they do on a washing machine launch, if you see what I mean. So, so that's part of this is that the budget was with you, yeah. as opposed to whoever else. Well, that, well, that's right. I mean, the the process here, I should say, this you know this idea, which was pretty disruptive, would would never have got signed off had it not been for the 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 amazing sort of Samsung client team. There was a, a couple of guys there, James Coyle and Baz Singh, who took this idea and ran with it and went cap in hand to all the different departments to get the money for it right. and put it together. And that those guys took a big risk um, on something doing something a bit different. Um, Let's come to that in a minute. But yeah. did, how, did you, you sold more washing machines? Right? We, yeah, let me. We did. I'm just looking. Two hundred thirty-eight percent up washing machines uh, sales were on the soft launch which was amazing for them they were absolutely delighted they had the first social trends they'd never trended before with domestic appliance stories in, in DA history their biggest buzz brand uh, according to YouGov uh, that year positive sentiment was up 10% every single metric uh, was pretty much through the roof for them so um, I mean we they were delighted we were delighted um, and I guess it's kind of testament to the fact that the creative um, the creative we devised, which was using the medium of slow TV and film to promote the fastest Samsung washing machine, okay. um, worked really well in terms of being a conduit for that messaging. You couldn't cover this story without mes- without actually including the fact that this was Samsung's fastest washing machine. It was totally intrinsic to the creative okay. of using slow TV. Yeah. And more than that, um, the, the amount of people that actually included product shots, which of course showed our, our ad wash function because you could see the window where you can put the socks in. Um, I think every national newspaper included a product shot and you just don't, you don't, that was taking washing machines from the product pages to the news pages. It's a lovely looking machine. It is a great looking machine. Um, so that's, yeah, I mean it's, it's interesting, isn't it? How the how it all worked. I just going back, taking a step back, and thinking about the creative concept work. I mean, when I when I see the content, it just makes me laugh, which is why yeah. I like it. 
um, when I hear you talk about the creative concept behind it, I go, okay, yeah, that's really interesting. That's nice. But I, I, it's interesting how the mind works in that sense, isn't it? You, mm. Presumably, I'm sure you're right, you would say that if you hadn't have got that creative concept behind it, it wouldn't make me laugh. Be, but but as a consumer of the content, I'm not I'm not thinking that when I'm laughing. Uh, I'm kind of a bit abstract. But do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I do. I think it's just it's it's you can it, it's you can interpret it in any way you like this campaign, mm. uh, as we saw with some with some of the write ups. Um, and you know, I think it it's it's a bit of a one note joke. Uh, if you like, however, it's fine, all, it's it? all, but it's all in, it's all in the execution and how it's yeah. done. And I think, I think you could stretch. We stretched this joke for three and a half minutes during the ad break, and it, and it worked because we spent a lot of time on the cadence of the of the subtitles uh, and what happened. And nothing happened in that ad break apart from halfway through a red sock was added to the wash. That was the only action that happened, and of course that demonstrated the functionality right. in a neat way. Um, but you know, I mean, we consulted. We did take some some uh, consultation on how to make this ad from people that worked in Adland a long time, and they said, "You've got to have a voiceover. It won't work without a voiceover." Um, and and people just thought it wouldn't work, and and we didn't go with that advice. We just went with the with this the titles on screen, and it worked brilliantly well. Uh, okay. And likewise with the film. Right. Um, you touched on it a moment ago, yeah. but the so critical when I talk to people like you is that need to have brave clients. Um, and they obviously, you did have brave clients in, in, in this example. Did they, why was that? Did, is it just that they trusted you? They loved the idea? Why, why did things come together mm. that mean on this occasion it worked? Yeah, I think it, it, it was interesting. I think it was, it was uh, with a client that we'd worked with for a few years. So they had a lot of trust in us as an agency. We'd embarked on previous work that had, that had won awards, um, uh, of which had been, you know, again, had been pretty pretty risky and, and disruptive in parts. But this this was very different uh, kettle of fish altogether because uh, domestic appliances, as you, you've alluded to before, don't have the kind of budgets that flagship phones have. Uh, and we were asking for a big budget on this campaign. Um, and so, yeah, a couple of uh, the, the director of press there, James Coyle and Baz Singh, who oversaw this project, they literally... Did a great job in terms of adding, selling this in internally uh, as a creative disruptive idea, um, which we needed to do, and thus the the money was found. And I think you you are only ever as good as your clients in this. But so many ideas like this, and other people listening will relate to this. You you might have a great idea, and they just don't see the light of day because they they get they get sort of vetoed before they reach the decision maker internally, or someone feels it's just too risky. And I. Just drilling into that a, a little bit more, what what are the reasons that you come up as a creative working in this area? Why why do things things not get signed off? I mean, obviously, if there's some things are just out there, and it's obvious why they don't get signed off. They, but but quite often they ideas that on the face of it aren't going to do any harm mm. don't get signed off. Yeah. Is there a sort of Common common list that you? <laughs> is it, uh, is not it, really. I think I think you have to have that advocacy and within the client base in the first okay. instance. You have to have that fire burning. Um, you have to have, um, I mean, at Taylor Herring, we, we, we've actively sought out clients that want to do things differently. It's what, it's what excites us. But there are lots of people um, sitting in sort of CMO or heads of press positions that, that, that like doing the same old, same old and yeah. are, are risk averse. Yeah, yeah. So I was going to say it's risk management. Yeah. It? Um, so, But it's interesting, the brands that you work with, 
I'm just thinking, you know, Bino, for example. Mm. You've done some really interesting work with Bino. If you'd have asked me, well, I don't know, time goes by, right? But if you'd asked me four years ago, um, uh, are Bino likely to come up with some pretty pretty risky consumer campaigns? I would have been quite surprised if they had, do you know what I mean? And, and they work now. Mm. But it's... I mean, these brands must find you, right? Or do, or do you find them? I, I mean, I, some of them, I, I get, you, you go, oh, I'd love to work with them. Yeah. But, but there's some examples within your client portfolio mm. that you've you've taken them. Greg's another. I mean, mm. I wouldn't have thought that Greg's would be necessarily particularly prone to some, some pretty risky ab, uh, marketing campaigns. But clearly, that's the, 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 they found that channel and they enjoy it and they like it. It works for their brand. But it's it's interesting that you've, I don't know whether you've found them or they found you. Oh, or it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a mixture of both. But I think... Um, as James alluded to on his on his podcast, I think about three years ago, we went through some pretty intensive sort of brand therapy as an agency, and we worked out what our sweet spot client was. Nice. And uh, and we call them bold, enlightened challenges. That's an internal facing thing. And and you know they they have a we have a tick box of of sort of attributes from tonality to previous work to to um, propensity to be brave or whatever they are. That, okay. That you know we we check off and you know sometimes we we. We do approach uh, the brands we want to work with. We're doing that increasingly so. But yeah, the phone rings too. Um, so it's a bit of both. Okay. Um, now, I, just final question. You're, we've talked about this before, but the that role of earned media within integrated communications, uh, and I know you're you're passionate about the potential of it and the, the fact that I think you think there's a, a huge amount more that can be done within marketing and earned media uh, and finding that sweet spot for for for, mm. for 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 where public relations is as a discipline right now yeah this this is an area that this was earned first right and then everything else this this was moved very much on from that and you're, you're presumably saying that that this is a a model campaign are you i don't know i think i think it could be i mean this this was earned first uh in terms of what's first off Who's going to write about this? What's the angle? What's the news story? Who's going to share this content? How does this story? How is this story going to re- scale organically before we spend before we spend any money? Um, and that was that was our starting point. And I think that is our our skill set as a professional. I think everything is integrated now, which is which is brilliant for us. We're not working in silos anymore. That the sort of walls have come down. Um, there's but have sh- they? I mean, I know they have in on on occasion, but they ha- they're still up. On a num, as many of the silos are down, there's another brand where the silos yeah, are up, right? For sure, I'd agree with that. But um, certainly, the more progressive companies and briefs, that the walls are coming down. Um, and in you, this, you feel case, you're winning, so to speak. Well, I think I don't know if we're winning, but I think we're the, the playing field's uh, leveling up, okay. and I think we have the ability to win. I think earned first uh, ideas can now compete. I mean, we're, we hear it a lot, but we're living in an ad blocked, ad skip world. It's it's getting. The, the struggle for people's attention on their news feeds is, is never been more real um, and it's never been easier to opt out of, of receiving sort of paid messaging so our skill set um, is, is coming at a premium now the ability to tell uh, stories uh, in a way that will be inherently shareable and newsworthy and travel organically and I think Thus, we are seeing so many ad agencies sort of make a land grab for PR now, um, whilst PRs are uh, sort of flexing their flexing their creative muscles and saying, "Well, actually, hang on a minute. We make a lot of video content. We can do this too, or we can we can create uh, an out of home campaign, or or uh, a sixteen sheet, or whatever it might be." Brilliant, Pete Mount Stevens. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the PR Moment podcast, produced in association with the Marketeers Network.
If you'd enjoyed the show, please do review us on iTunes and give us a decent rating.